Hi, welcome to Pod of Mercy. I am your host, Long Hair Linda, and today's special guest co-host is... Michael God from Red Lion Picture and the Pod of Mercy, uh, not Pod of Mercy, this is the Pod of Mercy. Um, what's Paul ticking you off? Yeah. You went for your full government name. I love it. Not full, not full. Like, not full, like if it was Michael Benjamin Good, like oh. Joe for the full, for the full thing, but Fair. Yeah. Nice. Well, how are you doing, Mike? How is your day going so far? I'm all right. Like we talked about just before, like I was a little bit hungover when I woke up this morning because I drank far too much on the Red Lion Live last night. Mm-hmm. Carried on drinking after I got off the live and then, ooh. But now, showered, Lucas Aid, I'm feeling good. I'm ready nice. to go. Got them electrolytes and everything in you. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Awesome. Well, this is your first time on Pod of Mercy, oh. and boy, didn't I hear about it on the uh, <laughs> Red Light Picture Live. But I was honestly being genuine in that, you know, obviously I haven't been recording for ages, um, but also I was trying to get like the right topic for you, the right topic for Alan before I got you guys over here, because I was just like, I don't want to just talk about shit that doesn't matter. I want to actually have a good time, <laughs> um, which is why I think today's uh episode topic is going to be perfect um based on just the you know a couple of the conversations that we've had but before we get there mike you know what we have to do we have to do a rapid fire since it is your first time here at pot of mercy okay okay so i've made a bit of a special rapid fire for you so it's still 10 questions you still have 30 seconds to give me your answer but It is a bit of a this or that. Now, I did this last episode with Alan, and I think it's only right since, you know, red line picture. It is a movie edition. Okay, okay. So I'm going to give you two movies. They're either similar because of the genre or because of the main actor, whatever. I'm going to give you two movies, and you have to tell me which one you would watch right now, which you prefer. Okay. All right, and you've got 30 seconds. Do you reckon you can do it? Depending on your films, <laughs> yeah, I, can, I, I, just, I, I can see that the first one, I'm like, oh God, uh, 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 and the 30 seconds is done. So <laughs> we'll see. Well, Alan got tripped up similar way. It wasn't the first one, but Alan got tripped up. So we only got nine out of 10. So uh, you've got Alan to beat on this one. Oh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get my timer together. I love the confidence. <laughs> Always. All right. And... Go, Captain America Winter Soldier or the first Iron Man? Winter Soldier. Gone in 60 Seconds or Con Air? Con Air. The Hostel movies or the Saw movies? Saw. Reservoir Dogs or Usual Suspects? Oh, uh, Usual Suspects. Ali or Ray? Ray. The Shining or Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Face Off or Snake Eyes? Snake Eyes. Ex Machina or Blade Runner? Blade Runner. Oh, we're out of time. That was question eight. I told you I'd get stumped oh. on one. I don't even know which one it was. <laughs> it was it was number four. It was Reservoir Dogs or Usual Suspects. You took yeah. way too long on that one. As soon as you did that, I was like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I'll ask you yeah. the last two anyway, because, you know, fun. So uh, number nine was Men in Black or Bad Boys? Bad Boys. And the final one was Boys in the Hood or Minister Society? Boys in the hood. Good answers. I like your answers. Do you see that I purposely put in some Nick Cage ones in there? Uh, uh, yeah, and I, I didn't think when it comes to like the face off or snake eyes, I didn't know I was going to go for snake eyes. That's, I'm that's surprised you did as well. Me. 
Yeah, it surprised me, but I, I, I watched that film about a month ago, and I oh. fucking love it. It's so good. Uh, but in all fairness, it wasn't just that one Nick Cage film. I went and watched, I think it was about 18 films in sure. about a week. <laughs> just Nick Cage films, so yeah, I, I was surprised by that, but I love that film. Genuinely love it. But I love both of them, actually. I actually like both do you know what other one surprised me? That you went for Saw instead of Hostel. I don't know why I thought that Hostel was... Because you're, like, into proper gory shit, aren't you? Yeah, but it's... Torture porn, like, like Hostel, is... I don't really find it that entertaining. Ah, like, it's, okay. it's, just, it's just not for me. Like, the Saw films, like, after you've seen it once, you don't really need to watch it again because it's just on that twist. yeah. But I got more entertainment out of that than I ever got out of Hostel. It's mad because even like I watch the occasional horror, as I'm pretty sure we've had this conversation. I watch the occasional one as long as it's not anything super uh, paranormal or religious. I'm good. Um, If it's like gory, torture porn, whatever, I I can cope. I can deal with it. Um, Or if it's a case of like, you know, mass murder and and terror because of a person, I'm fine with that. but before like even when i was younger even that was too much for me but for some reason i i always watch the saw films it's really really weird um i always enjoy it especially the second one which i think is when um oh i struggle to remember her real name or her character name but she was thrown into that pit of needles that's the second one isn't it that just stuck with me and it's disturbing but i Mm. enjoyed i enjoyed the films which is weird but yeah, I think it's because it's it, it, they, they actually have a story, whereas I don't yeah. really feel that with the hostel. It's literally just straight up torture. Just to, I it's, think you're right. Yeah, that's probably it because there was always a, a reason they were there in Saw, wasn't it? There was always a reason yeah. to pitch them. Um, well, talking about the Saw films, there's mm-hmm. the Spiral, which is like a, a a continuation in the same universe, which is Chris Rock and he's executive producer of it. But that looks really good. The trailer drops. Not too long ago, the second is that a one film or a series. Yeah. I, I thought it was a film. Oh, I've not even I've not heard anything about it. It's coming out this year. Uh, yeah, I think so. Top of my head, like, Ooh. but I watched the trailer and I was like, "Ooh, I that looks entertaining." Like, very much on the, the same way, like the Bone Collector and stuff looked entertaining to me. So yeah. when you saw the trailers, and I was like, "I'm definitely gonna watch that." Plus, I I do have a soft spot for Chris Rock, like generally. So seeing him doing serious roles. I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. I want to see it. Oh, well, thanks for letting me know. I'm going to go look for the trailer because um, that does sound interesting. So, yeah, I'm going to go try and find the trailer after this. All right. So getting into the topic then, um, I wanted to have a chat with you, Mike, about life's plot twists. Yes. Um, there have been a couple of instances in my life. Um, there's one major one that I will be talking about, um, but there's another one that happened more recently we'll see if I get comfortable enough to talk about that one but <laughs> I just find life like super super interesting and weird uh there are some really just coincidental um super out of the blue shit that happens and you're just like what that's mad when you look at it like from outside of yourself so I was yeah. really interested to hear about and I'm sure our listeners will be as well um some of some of life's plot twists for you so maybe if you want to go first and then i'll follow up when you are done okay uh, i guess so um i think that my main one is the story of me and vicky mm-hmm. like we met in college um like yiki yiki vicky is the year above but like we we're only separate by a month and 
so age wise. Yeah. Um, so we met in college or whatever, and I ended up having to leave college because I had an accident and I couldn't carry on doing my classes. And I went off the deep end, started drinking and all sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, lost touch for a good long while, and sadly, actually, just tragic as well. But one of our friends from college was murdered. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, after United got beat by Barcelona in the Champions League. Um, and from there we ended up obviously going to the funeral and stuff and then every year afterwards they have like a, a remembrance thing mm-hmm. in the ape and apple in town so one year went along ended up bumping into vicky again um started hanging about and then a few oh few wait so later. it wasn't at the actual funeral it was at one of the remembrances yeah like, okay it, so it was it was even longer they yeah. weren't like it was would have been about what five years maybe mm-hmm. like since we'd seen each other and then obviously got together a couple of months after that and then married living together loving life I, I mean there is a lot more to that story and I'm terrible with dates <laughs> I generally, <laughs> my, my memory is shot to hell I don't know why but it is but it felt I was in a I was in a dark dark place after like I left college and I it was touch and go if I was even going to be around at that point yeah for a while like and and when we we met each other again it's it all just kind of started to click for me like after that I'd got a lot of health issues and Mm -hmm. she stuck with me through thick and thin and watched me go through a really low point again and now I'm happily happily on the internet every every week <laughs> mouthing off like I, I'm a different person and it's solely down to her it's I thought oh, that is a a, st- a movie in its own right but yeah. you probably have to get someone else to write it because I'm not that good at that <laughs> but it's it it does feel like a, a very movie like ended I love it when when you first met like in in college College. was there like I don't know was there something did you notice that the things that you notice sort of after uh in terms of her kind of helping you and supporting you and being there with you um later on did you notice those types of things about her in college or was it just a very like you know we're here we're in classes or whatever she's cute whatever but kind of just focusing on what you need to do before you before you then had to leave I I, I, um, I was an absolute arsehole in college I'm, I'm not gonna like I went through high school and that's I was like a, a weird nerdy kid got bullied a bit mm. didn't really have that that many women wanting to be around me and then I literally walked into college and it was the exact result it was a polar reverse like I had women all over me it was wild and I didn't know <laughs> And I didn't know what to do with it. And I <laughs> You were wholly unprepared like, for all of it. <laughs> yeah. Massively. And yeah. And I acted accordingly. Like I wasn't like I said, I I don't think I was pers like I wouldn't go out of my way to hurt people, but I was just enjoying it, should we yeah. say. Like and, I, it, <laughs> and yeah, it didn't really happen during college. It was it was after I'd grown up. <laughs> And we we saw each other again, and we started talking, and 
I'd hoped that she noticed I'd changed and I had changed. So, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm sure she did. Otherwise, she wouldn't have stuck around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no. But I think, I think people. To be honest, young people are dickheads anyway. Like, I think yeah. that now when we see, um, you know, young people who happen to have some kind of notoriety or celebrity or whatever, and we're always shocked when they do something stupid. It's like that's when you're supposed to do it. Like, you're not yeah. fully cooked. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, your brain is completely. It's yeah, especially yeah. yeah. That and literally all those hormones running around your body. Yeah. You're like, like 16, what are you going to do? You're actually, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's your personality type for your entire teenage years and a lot of your 20s, let's be honest. Yeah. So if you then add... Some of my 30s. Yeah, actually, <laughs> fair point, same. Um, <laughs> but like, if you, if you then add to the mix, you know, internet fame and, you know, the pressures that come with that and the, yeah. like the scrutiny and then having access to so much money i'm like oh my god like when people lose their minds about what like young celebrities do i'm like i was worse and i didn't have yeah. any of that money i didn't have any of that access or any of that power or influence and i was worse thank god nobody had a camera pointed at me exactly. when i was young because horrific Ooh. yeah I, I was just happy I, I was just happy that the only thing that you had in like clubs when i was going to clubs was a normal camera no video yeah. you can only get a still of you and exactly you can, you can talk your way out of a still oh no right. just, and you had to go just, get yeah. them developed like yeah, and exactly. so prove it i'll steal the <laughs> negatives prove that with me <laughs> like honestly it's just it's mad like i remember uh, obviously showing showing our ages here but like you know when you go out and you like i'd always get a disposable camera because you know i i couldn't trust myself with alcohol and a la- my an actual camera, camera or yeah. an actual camera yeah exactly so i'd have a little disposable camera because you know camera phones at the time that it wasn't good quality at all it was very grainy it was a potato <laughs> yeah he was, he was literally taking a picture on a potato like. exactly like that saying is a saying for a reason like that's what we had in the 2000s uh, so mm. it's like get a disposable camera for a fiver in asda or whatever and that would be what i'd take out with me on a night out and then you get those pictures developed and it would just be like, what the fuck? What will we do? Yeah. So I can't even imagine the type of stress of fucking going live on Instagram or, you know, people Snapchatting and all that kind of shit out, like at you're that out. age while you're out acting fucking stupid. Honestly, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have fared, but I would have been cancelled. Like I, if that was me now, <laughs> I would have been cancelled at birth. Like it just would have been like, nope, this one this- is not okay. Not going any further. No, we'll stop exactly. that one there. <laughs> yeah, so I always try and have a little bit of sympathy um, when I see kind of people going at, you know, young people for doing young people shit. Because I'm like, listen, I was worse, man. And I didn't have hardly oh, any yeah. stuff. So. I, if, I, if I had the money that Justin, to, uh, Justin Bieber had, I oh, would have been God. leaving. I, there would have been monkeys at every, uh, every uh, <laughs> airport. Like, literally. I, I would be buying a monkey when I land just to leave it with someone else and then fuck off. Like, oh, like in different parts a... of the country as well. Like this is my Manchester monkey and yeah. my <laughs> Bristol monkey. <laughs> yeah, I literally do. I, it, I would have enough to have like an army. I reckon. Like, like, yeah, like Planet of the Apes, but it's just me with a bunch of kabuchi monkeys. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Planet of the Apes, but funded by Mike Good. <laughs> yeah, nice um yeah so i say all that to say that yeah if you know when you've been a dickhead in college is it's not it's not unexpected everyone was i was (laughs) so 
All right. Well, um, I like that story. That's very nice. Um, I'm also going to talk about some young years, but I was a lot younger. Um, so I was um, born in Kenya and I didn't actually move to the UK until I was seven. So um, my mum actually came a few months before I did to kind of set up you know a home and all that kind of yeah. stuff make sure that you know there was somewhere for me to come so that we, she wasn't kind of figuring out with me there so I lived with my grandma for about I want to say five months while my mum was here so when I was when I was actually coming to the UK again at seven years old um, my aunt my grandma um, my cousins all these people kind of came to the airport with me but I was actually flying alone which you could do back then Jesus. Um, yeah which is actually mad that part yeah. when I tell people the story that part always makes people go wait sorry what <laughs> no yes seven. I traveled on my own <laughs> seven years old um on a nine-hour flight uh, on on British Airways no Kenya Airways um but um back then it was actually quite common uh which i found out later uh because they would just inform like cabin crew and cabin crew would look after the kid yeah. so like they'd make sure that you were fine obviously as long as you got somebody who's dropping you off taking you to the like all the way to the gate um yeah. you know through security or security back then wasn't anything like it is now obviously because of 9 11 and everything but like you know back then as long as they, you know they, there was someone to take you to the gate and there was someone to meet you on the other side at the gate then it was actually fine for kids to travel alone because cabin crew would look after them yeah. So I'm seven years old crying my eyes out at, at Nairobi airport at Joma Kenyatta airport because you know first i haven't even seen my mum in five months um so i'm really i was attached to my grandma anyway but i'm yeah. super attached now because that's all i've known for the past five months and obviously the kid five months is like years at this point yeah so i don't want to leave my grandma i don't want to leave my aunt obviously my my cousins yeah i'll take them or leave them yeah. <laughs> but you know i was really really sad and so my aunt kept trying to cheer me up and kept saying you'll be okay you'll be okay you're literally going to see your mum." and because it was a night flight she just kept saying to me just get on the plane have something nice and then go to sleep and then when you wake up you'll see mum. and so that's how she was trying to make calm me calm me down <clears throat> so this was on uh it was in june i was traveling um and it was a bank holiday out in kenya um as i was leaving so i didn't have school or anything that day i had literally had to say goodbye to all my school friends like before my neighbors because my school was just down the road from my house i just had to say bye to it was just very weird very very strange yeah. um I wouldn't, I wouldn't repeat it now as an adult i'd feel funny but like as a kid you know you kind of just have to go with the punches i guess anyway yeah. so i get on the plane I say goodbye to everyone get on the plane um this uh cabin crew um uh, staff julie loved her absolutely loved her she was great she gave me hula hoops that was the first time i'd had hula hoops um for some reason they weren't very big in kenya at least not in the shops i went to um so i'd never had hula hoops before super interesting uh, i was just like oh my god i was putting on my fingers i was like this is an incredible invention um i get to i get to the uk i get to heathrow and there's just a lot of adults talking and none of them were my mum. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, obviously at seven, I'm, I don't really understand what's going yeah. on. I can, obviously I spoke English. Um, Kenya's a British colony, so we're all talking. Yeah. Um, or a former British colony, I should say. So I could understand what they were saying, but it wasn't computing. So they were talking and talking, going through like my hand luggage, had my mum's phone number and address or just the address actually i don't know it's still a bit fuzzy to be honest um but 
<laughs> so anyway, my mum's not there. And there's a bunch of adults looking after me and talking about me at the same time. Next thing I know, I see a woman I recognize. I don't know how I know her, but I know her. Um, and she's like on the other side of, of whatever terminal I was in. She's like on the other side of the building, but I'm looking at her and I'm like, I know her. And she's looking at me dead in the eyes. And then she goes over and talks to the adult. She comes over and she says, um, do you remember me? And I'm like, I, I know you. And she's like, um, she's really, really nice to me anyway. And then she goes away again. And then she comes back maybe about an hour or so late. Actually, it's probably longer than that, maybe about two hours later. Um, and then she's kind of walking funny and smiling at me. And I'm like, what is going on? And then she moves over to the side. She says, you know this woman? And it's my mum behind her. And I'm like crying. I'm so happy because I've been literally at the airport now for ages. And it turns out that my aunt had miscommunicated the date that I would arrive with my mum when she spoke to my mum. So my mum didn't know I'd be arriving that day. Jesus. I thought I was coming the following week, the following Friday. So God. my mum had no idea that I got on this flight. My mum had no idea I was currently at Heathrow Airport. And if it wasn't for the woman that I recognised, it just so happened that that woman saw me and recognised me, even though she hadn't seen me since I was a toddler. And it's only because her and my mum were friends and they'd been friends for years. They're still friends now. And that is wild. A long time, and she was literally alerted by the staff because she was um, she had a managerial position at Kenya Airways. She mm. was alerted by staff that there was an unaccompanied child who hadn't been met on this side, and so she came over and she looked at me and she recognised me on my face, like she just knew who I was. And then obviously they'd found my mum's address in my hand luggage and her name and so they were like oh yeah this is definitely her daughter like it's a it's not her name my mum's name isn't particularly um i guess common in the uk but it's not uncommon as a kenyan name if that makes yeah. sense like that her surname and her first name put together so um yeah so if it wasn't for her recognizing me and then obviously getting that confirmation from the name and address in my bag um i don't know where i would have been <laughs> uh, that is crazy how like... insane is that I, I actually feel a little bit I oh god you, you could have gone missing <laughs> you literally gone missing Ooh, yeah how like, pills. Jesus. And we're talking about like you know late 90s like yeah. this isn't do you know what I mean this isn't like the good old 60s or whatever when everyone was I guess a bit more trustworthy like no 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 it was a weird fucking time and i was by myself at seven years old my mum thought i was coming a week later than i actually was and she had no clue that i was here oh, that if it is... hadn't been for my aunt if it hadn't been for my aunt i don't even know where i'd be i call her my aunt because you know she's yeah. My mom's friend. yeah yeah but We've yeah all gotten. <laughs> We've all got that type of aunt, aren't we? I know, right? I have so many of those. Like, I, I'm not actually sure who I'm related to anymore because they're all aunts and uncles at this point. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think I've got about three, three or four, and I didn't realise that they were actually my family until I was probably in my twenties. Yeah. <laughs> like, you serious? They're not my actual. Oh, we're not related. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's wow. mad when you find out like people aren't blood relatives that you thought you've just always thought they were. Yeah, yeah they've always been there for like my, throughout my whole life. Yeah, and then you say they're not actually related. Wild, but um, that story is 
absolutely mental that like, you think about how how hard it is to travel these yeah. days yeah. in comparison and Ooh, even for the, even for the time how many different things had to align for me yeah, and my mum to have actually been reunited that same day at Heathrow yeah. Airport how many different ways that could have gone wrong it's oh, you could mad have ended up in services yeah <laughs> you, you literally could have ended up in literally I would because I, I would have been an unaccompanied unaccompanied child yeah um nobody here to meet me no way of contacting them because I really don't think there was a phone number I, I think that was what I can't remember that it's a bit blurry that bit but either way that could have ended up very badly very, yeah you, you're very very lucky you didn't yeah it's what I mean. My aunt worked for KQ, and that's that's the only reason I'm not in some kind of random home or wasn't sent back to Kenya in some way as a kid. Absolutely mental. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's it's mad when you think about like instances like that. Like not even as extreme as that. Like even little things. I find there's just certain things throughout the day when I'm like, it's so mad that just a slight change of something, a slightly different decision or a misstep or delay, something, and you could have a completely different outcome. Yeah, it's serendipitous, isn't it? Like weird. It's why I I understand why people believe in fate off the yeah. back of that stuff, but I also go no stop like it is just the, the way life works and people would like to make connections to make them feel like they're part of a bigger feel bigger thing that's how I feel yeah but something special would must have happened on that day yeah like there's no way around that because how many thousands of people go through each part of that airport a day mm-hmm. each terminal even like it's and then when would you have seen her last? Like, literally, it... she left. <laughs> so she left Kenya in in the December, and I came in June. So it's actually a good six months. Not. Five. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell a kid that like, I haven't seen that long. I. Well, that should that might might just be me. Like, I, I'm just not that way. No, no, sorry, that's my mum. With my aunt, she hadn't seen me for years. So I was seven. I think the last time I saw her was when... So we lived in Djibouti between two and five. I was five. So she saw me at five years old in Kenya. Because she lived... So she had a place in Kenya and a place here because she worked for Kenya Airways. So... It was when she was in some kind of, you know, gathering of some sort. She would have last seen me at five years old when we just got back from Djibouti when I was now living in Kenya again. Because I only lived in Kenya for about a year before I then came here. So it would have been in that time that she saw me, but it would have been when my mum was still there. So it would have had to have been at some point in that year before. So to recognise me in a completely different country, completely different setting without my mum, without having that frame of reference is wild. (laughs) absolutely i i don't know how to how she did it like i yeah like i was saying like kids change so much in those ages i yeah. even a haircut will throw me off mm-hmm. the kids like <laughs> just a different haircut and i'll be like no nope, don't know him <laughs> no idea yeah yeah and that that is just crazy like is that like that is a, a tv or film moment like straight up <laughs> 
<laughs> do you know what's mad? There's a lot of I have a lot of instances like that. Um, whenever I've gotten chatting to people about random things in my life, there are a lot of parts of my life where I'm like, I really should write a book or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Start if, getting your memoirs down. Yeah, because I've had some really mad, exp- like a lot of very, very mad experiences. Um, and I know that that's not unique to me. I think a lot of people do when when you really sit down and think about different stages of your life, like there are mad things yeah. that happen. But like, I think mine just always feel a bit more dramatized because I'm, maybe I'm just a dramatic person. <laughs> Like, it just seemed really extreme and wild just for no reason. Well, if that's not the only one, I think you've got every right to feel like that. Like, if you could literally, at seven, get flown across the across the world without someone to pick you up, mm-hmm. and luckily someone recognise you, you yeah. you've got every right to say your life's been a little bit dramatic, I feel. <laughs> just, just point it out there. Yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, I've had some. I've had some mad, some mad ones. Have you got any other that have popped into your mind that have happened? Obviously, not as extreme as that, but <laughs> I, I, everything I'll ever say is going to pale in comparison. Now, like Jesus Christ! <laughs> Damn it! I should have kept it to the end. Then, well, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, my memory's shot anyway. But I don't like particularly like looking backwards. Um, That's fair. Throughout my life, just it. I don't know if it's part of my mental health issues or yeah. whatever. I don't like. It's probably why I'm not over like trauma from my from my late teenagers. I'm still not over that, and it's probably because mm-hmm. I don't like looking back because I don't want to be upset. Yeah, <laughs> like straight up, I don't want to risk my mental health deteriorating just because I am ruminating on something what happened a lifetime ago. I mean, that is fair. I, I can agree with that um, or relate to that as well because there are certain things where I'm like, ah, oh, don't delve too deep there because yeah. <laughs> it's not going to end up well. Uh, <laughs> it is, it is my, but it's, cause that's one of the things that when I look at, because um, one thing I've been seriously trying to get, I'm trying, I just, I'm avoiding it for, for the reason we've just literally talked about. Um, yeah. I, I need to get therapy and I know I need to get therapy. There's a lot of stuff I need to work through and I'm working through a lot of stuff on my own, but it's good to have um, somebody with the tools who's gone yeah. to school for this to help me as well. And I know that logically, but I also know that even once I found the the therapist that is the right fit for me, because I know that there is an element of yeah. basically shopping around Um even at that point I I just I'm like I don't I I know I'm gonna have to sit down and go through some stuff that I just I'm not ready to yet yeah and that's what I'm telling myself and that's how that's how I'm putting it off yeah I I get that completely like when I've had therapy counseling stuff in the past it's the exact same thing I I will try my hardest to skirt around certain issues and they're like no you come on you need to this is why you're here like and it that almost puts you off wanting to do it I get it I, I get that completely, but I will say it does help. Genuinely, oh, I know. Oh, I know. I, I that's the, that's the worst thing about like being logical and yeah. understanding that something will help you, but also understanding the depths of certain things and how traumatic they can be. Because it's like, if it was easy for me to have a conversation about it, then I'd I'd just do it 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would, do, but there's certain things where I'm like, I don't, and I love to talk. I have a whole podcast for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> you know, I like, I like to talk. I like to talk to my friends and obviously off air and everything. I like having good conversations with people, especially people that I thought I knew, but then I find out more stuff about them. All of that kind of stuff is great. Yeah. But the idea of going to a space specifically to talk about the things that make me uncomfortable continuously yeah that's the bit where i'm like oh god but i know that it needs to happen because burying it doesn't work you can no. bury it for so long until something happens and then you get triggered by something else that has nothing to do with it but somehow you're relating it to something traumatic and that's just not healthy at all yeah exactly and it's the more that you can you, you do repress stuff like that it, it can end up having physical effects on your life like yeah the more you carry around stuff and you as a bird and you your body literally starts to fall apart it just That's does true. like it, because you're not releasing something it's like a knot inside you that's how, mm-hmm. how, how i feel about it it's like and not in a muscle so like if you pull the hamstring or whatever that's what holding that type of trauma in does yeah. to you like it, it literally starts your, your body will fall apart on you if you do not look after yourself which is where it's coming from a big big lad like me who's happily drink his worries away but i know deep down life shouldn't do that <laughs> but i do but you know what's really annoying as well is it's not a plot twist but it is a true thing about life um that i remember seeing something about this on twitter actually just kind of confirming that but oh sorry guys if you're if you're listening and you can hear that very very annoying motorcycle outside i do apologize uh noxious sound i hate that sound um i saw this thing on twitter where where, um they said the most annoying thing about life is that i have to consistently do this shit like that's the only way you can get anything done and that's so true because i (laughs) i like you know i've been especially now now we're on the other side now we're coming out of the other side of this pandemic right um in this country and things are opening back up a little bit and we have kind of dates to look forward to in the future of like june 21st is pretty much where everything will be um not normal but as close to it as we're probably going to get for a while right so um because like during lockdown i was just like focusing on like not being a complete mess and not having a total breakdown because that's where like my brain was going (laughs) especially that first lockdown it was just like not having a good time so um now that we kind of have some light at the end of the tunnel i've been like you know doing stuff consistently like working out loads walking and just really looking after myself um and so now i've noticed though that when i was feeling shitty it was like well there's a pandemic of course you feel shitty or well you haven't been working out of course you feel shitty or you haven't been eating right of course you feel shitty but now i'm working out eating right looking after myself the pandemic is kind of we're seeing the end of it and it's not stressing me out as it was say the first lockdown why is it then that i'm still having days where i just feel like i cannot get out of bed because if i leave this bed bad things going to happen oh okay so i can't blame it i can't continue to blame it on external factors it is a mental health thing and i think i'm i'm the type of person that even though i know there's certain mental health things that is that i have issues with i always try and talk myself out of it as if some kind of external factor is going to fix it or be the cause of it does that make sense yeah i get that 
like trying to explain um, it away like it's not it's not that i just have depression it's not just i just have anxiety it's oh well clearly you know this thing didn't happen so it must be that yeah it's putting um put it um external you think external factors are causing it but yeah not and so when i'm doing everything right and I'm having good days and I've got lots of, you know, endorphins and stuff from working out like and I, and I feel great in that moment. Then I wake up the next day and I literally just cannot deal like it's, yeah. it's a bad, bad day. There was no external factor to that. The only thing it can be is internal. And so when you think about that, and then I'm like, I really need to stop putting off therapy because I need to address that. Because clearly before, one of the main tools I use to talk myself out of taking this whole therapy thing seriously for myself, even though I know that it's effective, is that I was blaming it on external external factors. I was like, well, I'm not doing the right thing. I'm not working out. I'm not doing X, Y, Z. So of course, I'm not feeling good. But now that I am, clearly, I need to, fe- I need to stop using that as an excuse is what I'm trying to say in a long-winded way. Yeah. I feel like during the pandemic, a lot of people are spending time on socials and you're just doom scrolling. And I don't yeah. think that helps. I, I'm definitely, definitely guilty of that. Like mm. to the point where Twitter ca- can make me feel really ill at times. And it's just through, from just getting angry at people being scum. Like I can't, I've got no way to get involved or in that situation that's happened i'm across the other side of the world but he's i'm just watching shit after shit after shit just and that does grind you down as well and it does i feel not enough people pay attention to that i, I feel like social media in general is quite damaging to mental health because people get addicted to it and that's you, you just sit true. there and doom scroll after doom scroll like what are you expecting to get out of it? What's <laughs> mad is that we literally had this conversation on the last episode with Alan. So he was he was saying about how he's very rarely on socials. And I was talking about me me finding a balance. And as long as social media is still um, more entertaining to me than it is detrimental, then I'm yeah. going to stay on it. But as soon as that balance shifts and it's now more detrimental to me in whatever way then i'm gonna have to really get off it and and just consider the fact that maybe it's not for me and um, but yeah. one of the ways i've tried to keep that balance right is by as i was saying to alan um you know not ignoring certain things not indulging in certain things so whenever i see something to do with body cams and all of that yeah. kind of I'm like, I scroll very, very fast. I don't want to see body cam footage or CCTV footage of anyone doing the wrong thing. Yeah. I scroll past those purposely very, very quickly. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I, I watched the one with the lieutenant, Joe, in the American army, who got pepper sprayed. Oh, yeah. In the gas station. I wa- yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw that yesterday. Like, I'd, I'd seen it, it'd been knocking about, but I actually sat and watched the whole of the video. I oh, see, never, I can't do that. My, oh, my blood was fucking boiling. Like it's, and that's what I mean. I can't, I physically can't do anything about that stuff. But I'll watch it, and it'll really, really affect me. Like I, I, I get angry. Yeah, like to the point where I want to punch stuff. Like just because I, it feels like we're trapped in a, a broken society, and and I think again that's only been 
exacerbated by social media. <laughs> like, well, we're definitely in the bad place. Like I say this yeah. a lot on Twitter. We are a hundred percent in the bad place. Um, because yeah, I had to stop watching that stuff. I couldn't, it does, it, it creates a physical reaction. I can physically feel, I already have an issue with the amount of cortisol that my body produces at any given moment. I, I can feel it rushing through me. I start to shake when I watch these things. The last full video I watched um, willingly uh, was in 2016, I believe, and that was um, the murder of Alton Sterling. You mm. know the the black man that was I can't remember the area in America. Um, he ha he was like selling Lucy's. He was selling like cigarettes, like loose cigarettes. Loose cigarettes. He was um, in New York. I feel like, and he got with the cops. What strangled him to death? Basically, they shot him. Um, they were on top of him and shot him. And he's just oh yeah, I, I was thinking of a different video, like, but I do remember that one as well. Him, and he's mm. like bleeding to death, and they're just watching him die. And I think the way that I felt after watching that, um, I could, I just couldn't, like literally ever since I've not willingly watched. I've seen George Floyd. I never watched. I didn't watch them. The only no. thing I ever saw with um, Derek Chauvin killing, um, murdering, which we can now say, thank you, Lord, yeah. um, with with uh, Derek Chauvin murdering. Um, uh, George Floyd. The only thing I've ever seen was the still, because the still yeah. is used in various places, um, and so I wasn't, you know, searching for it. But that's the only thing I've seen, because um, I just won't. I won't watch those videos. I cannot. Like I, I know my own limit when it comes to that. I cannot do that for my own sake. I can't. There's no. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like I need to start doing that because I'm, I, I just end up watching stuff every day and then getting really, really angry. Like, and the way I look at it as well, yeah. Mike, you already know the importance of these things, right? You already yeah. align yourself with the message that these things are there to um, push. I feel like those videos aren't going to be helpful to somebody like you or I who yeah. already understands the cause. I think those videos are there to shock the people who are still to this day getting on the internet, defending police, murdering people. So like, yeah. I feel like those videos, let them watch that let them that that's clearly for them let them ideally they wouldn't be online at all but they are let yeah. them deal with that there is no reason for you to watch that because like you say all you're doing is it's making you angry yeah and uh, let's face it i'm i'm not a, a, my best self when i'm an angry person i'm i would like to think i'm quite easy going way back a little bit funny like and i go i i, I can literally switch within 30 seconds to not wanting to be near or around or wanting to talk to people yeah like for a long time like i'll, I'll literally just walk out the room and i, I it, it's difficult but i feel like more people need to be like that yeah <laughs> like it's but the issue is that you if you are defending um these people these cops murderers you're not it's not because that they're cops you're defending them. There's a, a complete whole different reason why you're defending them people for that for them actions. Yeah, there's a lot of hatred <laughs> that lives yeah. in these people. There is, I think that's been one of the biggest surprises for me growing up. There's a lot of things that I learned growing up, as I'm sure everyone did, that, you know, go against what you always thought as a kid or what you were raised to believe, whatever. There's, you know, there's a lot of realizations, let's say, that happens yeah. when you grow up. But that's one of the main things is that people are just 
hateful. Like they have so much hate in their heart. And a lot of the time, most of the time, that hatred doesn't even make any sense at all. But they will go all the way with it. Like they will justify it until their, you know, their last breath. Like they genuinely believe in whatever that is that's going to affirm that hatred in them and they will push it and push it and push it and even when they know they're not making sense it that is their story and they're sticking to it and i think that that's been one of the things where i was like fucking hell people just hate like there's just yeah it's a level of hate that i i personally don't understand i don't i don't know that i ever will and i think that's a good thing but (laughs) i just it's so weird to me and like it was like the i think that kind of leads me on to back to the topic of being a plot twist um it's not really for us because you know we weren't there but when you look at like the insurrection Mm. and how like one the politicians played a massive part in it the politicians that helped basically helping these people plan it the day before and showing them where to go that's that's the first thing (laughs) the second thing of it being at the capital and those those particular types of people those MAGA people have always been about patriotism They've always said that that's what's behind everything they do. That's the reasoning for their actions and their words and their behaviours. But in that moment, they were breaking into federal buildings, tearing down things, burning flags, right? Shitting on the walls. Yeah. Literally stealing government property like laptops and shit threatening to hang the vice president outside yeah looking for opposing um congress members so looking for people that were democrats in the building so that they could do what i don't know but it looks like kidnap because a lot of them had zip ties zip ties yeah and it's Um... like None of this has anything to do with patriotism. No, but it's it's this weird thing where you, you can patriotism is only good if it's from a certain set of states and you have a different flag. Yeah, right. That's the only way I can put it without just calling them out all just mental racists. Like you claim that you're the most patriotic of the United States, but then you cling to a flag what was, was the losers. They actually <laughs> the lost. Civil War, they literally lost. And then they started throwing up general, like statues of generals and shit like that mm. in the 70s and <laughs> 60s and shit, just because they still think they, they should have won that war. Like Robert E. Lee, right? They yeah. want all of his statues. They want all of the buildings that are named after him, including schools, by the way. That's how yeah. sick this world is, by the way. But like Robert E. Lee, all of this, all of this, like we should preserve these, preserve our history, preserve our history. What the fuck were you doing in the capital then? Were you preserving yeah. history? Is that what was happening? And then it's like attacking police officers and killing them. Mm even though they're the first ones to defend police when we talk about police brutality. Okay. Yeah, they'd be, they be the ones there with their, their thin blue line badge right. and stickers and flags or whatever. Right. But, yeah. So Come it's back. like, plot twist, it turns out you weren't about any of that and you're just hateful racist. Basically. It what it is. And then I, I think that that's, that happens a lot. Like, it's never just what you think it is. It's usually, there usually is a twist. 
like you like people try to put out a perception constantly in everything but usually it comes down to hate or money i found usually i'd I'd argue both or both yeah i'd argue both like you get money from hate like it's it's been proven like the right and conservatives on both in, in the states and here will scream about council culture while going on at every news station, paper, and making money while mm. saying that they've been cancelled for being hateful. It, it's, it's the only place, only two places in the world where I feel like that's the real thing. Like the right grift of cancel culture is real, but I can still go and talk about it on every single platform. Yeah, well, look at my tour of me talking about being cancelled. Mm. And it's like their supporters will just eat it up. And you're like, do you realise that that doesn't make any sense? <laughs> do you realise the fact that like... they're touring means they're not cancelled? Do you understand that? Do you do you realise the fact that they're on telly right now telling you they're cancelled? It means that maybe they're not cancelled because they're on fucking telly telling you. Like, yeah. it's just, there's so much common sense that's missing. <laughs> you just think... It's, it's like they've got right. a part of the brain missing. I, I, I feel like it genuinely, it's like, it's got to be some type of mental health issue where you lack empathy. Oh yeah, and I think that's what it is. Like they the genuine lack, lack of empathy, and yeah. they'll and they will cling to a, a religious ideology <laughs> and not see where see that they're being kind of counter of what they preach. Especially Christianity, which yeah. always makes me so so mad because Christianity is based on Christ, and Christ was about empathy. Yeah. And it's just like they will lean into it to justify why they are not displaying any type of empathy. And in fact, I've gone the other way to actively display hate. Yeah, I, I, I can't really talk about the other monolithic religions because I don't really know enough about them to say if it, that happens. Same. But I, but I would say if you're not Christian and you're Jewish, Muslim, whatever, you're probably not going to be a white straight man. So you're not going to get the same like treatment by the press anyway. So we'll never know. Yeah, that's that's a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully what they their religion will believe in because you'll just get right wing talking points mm. from white people what don't know about that religion. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, just, like the, the the Muslim thing, they'll they'll start reeling off like Joe um the bigoted towards women or Muhammad was a rapist or whatever. Like the real lot weird shit. Like I, I don't know if that's true. Do you lot? Like I've never read that book. These times, Prince Andrew is chilling. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, do you want to deal with the shit going on in house, please? Because if what you say is you care about women and children, then like you know, yeah, can we maybe not have nonces chilling? Can we just, just not allegedly, 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 allegedly. yeah. But it's it's a, it, again it, with us we've got this weird thing about royalty as well. Like mm. I don't understand how people can be for a family earning all this money when they've been just because they've been born like to it, and yeah, everyone else in the lower classes struggle by and get made to feel like absolute scum if they need help from the government in the form of like social help social housing or help with money 
I just... And there's full-on TV shows about benefit cheats and everyone yeah. riles themselves up. Fellow poor people rile themselves up about quote-unquote benefit cheats. Meanwhile, the royal family exists. Meanwhile, billionaires haven't paid any tax ever. Meanwhile, corporations are chilling. No one's paying for anything. The only people paying are us. And you want to get riled up about a benefit cheat. Somebody who's cheating 100 quid a week or 100 quid every two weeks for disability and they probably could work. To be honest, I'd rather Amazon pay corporation tax. You know, <laughs> I'd rather them. I'd, honestly, pay. just that one company, just one company paid that paid that little 19% corporation tax on their profit each year. We'd be cool. I'm fine with people getting an extra couple hundred quid. I don't care. Yeah. I really well, don't. I, I personally feel like the the best way forward would be like a basic income for everyone. Yeah. Universal basic income. Like that and no one can... in the States, right? When he was running for president, he was saying what a thousand? He was he was I think it was two grand, weren't it? Yeah. Like and it can be done if taxation is dealt with properly. Because the money's there. It won't be though. It won't it just won't be. It's too much greed, man way way too much greed and too much like the people who who are able to make that happen make too much money while it's not happening so they have no incentive to make it happen (laughs) like there's absolutely no incentive for them to do the right thing like because doing the right thing on its own is not an incentive we know this in 2021 that's completely obvious now like doing the right thing isn't an incentive anymore at all and i mean arguably maybe it never has been um, I don't want to act like I know what's been going on in previous I, years, but I, w- I would say it, that that would depend on not just the person, but what, what their class standing. Yeah. Like if you are the, on the higher end of that, yeah, I completely agree. But people on the lower end, you no, sometimes struggle too long. Yeah. No, do you know what it is? Because they know in their heart of hearts that if somebody gave them the opportunity to have what the haves have. Yeah. But if they did, that they would want to act the exact same way. I know plenty of, well, I've heard plenty of poor people say or claim that they understand that if they had Bezos money, for example, that they wouldn't want to pay, that it's smart for them to not pay tax. They want to, they think that there is a, there is a hope in hell that they will get into, get to a position where they don't have to pay tax either. Yeah. But while while they wait for that to happen, which will never happen, the likelihood of that happening mm. is just it's so far below zero, it's not even a number, right? Yeah. But like that hope allows for them to continue to struggle throughout their whole life paying for tax that a rich person never will have to pay. Yeah. And and rich people, powerful people know that. They know that that's the incentive. So they make it seem as if at some point you will be you can able get to get yeah. into this exclusive club. Well, if we could all get into this exclusive club, it wouldn't be an exclusive club. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I... And that's why it's so hard for me to empathise with these people. I do because, thankfully, I'm an empathetic person, but it's hard for me to empathise with these people who will be so hateful to their fellow poor person who's in the yeah. same position as them or worse, God forbid, in favour of a rich person. Because there has to be that level of hate in your heart, that level of I would cheat as well, I would do this if I could, Yeah, that makes you more likely to sympathise with a fucking Elon Musk before your next-door neighbour who's struggling. 
that's wild to me. Yeah, when you when you actually put it out down like that, it's it's almost depressing, isn't it? Like, why do we do this to ourselves, Mike? Why does every conversation end up like this? Why do we? I mean, I know we have a politics show, and yet, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every, every every single conversation we do, we end at the end of it going. Well, everyone fucked. <laughs> everyone shit. We're all in the bin. Just whatever. Try <laughs> <why I> drink. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm having some gin later that I've been trying to. I've been looking forward to try. So, why are you why are you drinking with it? Are you just gonna drink it straight like a absolute no, lunatic? No, no, no. I need to chill with with that with that mess. Um, no. So it's that. Um, Instagram ads got me. Um, speaking of soulless corporations. Um, and. I got I got an advert recently for uh, the new Bombay Sapphire. It's Bombay Bramble. Uh, this flavoured, it's like blackberry and raspberry flavoured gin or infused gin, whatever. Yeah. And um, I saw a recommendation of having that with ginger beer. And you know I love me a ginger beer cocktail. So I'm going to give it a whirl this evening. Um, that I would have never thought of putting gin with ginger beer. I know. When I saw that in the ad, I was like, oh, my God, they know me. Instagram knows me with these apps <laughs> because not only did they um, market it perfectly to me, but they used a mixer that I just definitely like to use in cocktails all the time. They're definitely listening to me. Always, always. Oh my god! You've got going on you. always listening. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, it's funny because the topic of this episode was life plot twists. Um, the the second one I'd written down my own personal life story one I'm not gonna do it I'll I'll wait until another episode maybe an episode when I'm drunk and I'm you know I can talk about it without getting too depressed <laughs> um, but I get that <laughs> I think it's I think it's actually funny because um, the plot twist of the episode is that really we didn't talk about life life's plot twist that much no. so it was only a little bit um, and you know plot twist a conversation with you and I ends up about politics and how everyone shit. Basically, so, it seems to be a running theme, doesn't it? <laughs> that's all we have to talk about, Mike. Every conversation ends the same way. Yeah, well, people are shit, aren't they? So until people stop being shit, like, there's going to be shit to talk about. <laughs> you know what? I agree. They just need to stop giving us so much shit content. It's yeah, them. Like, it's not us. Yeah. I agree. Just absolute plebs, a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that cheerful note, I'm uh, going to go yeah. on to the final segment of the show, which is called Mahakama. And Mahakama is Swahili for court, um, and specifically high court. Um, this is the segment of the show where, because I'm trying to be less judgmental in my real life, clearly I'm doing well by talking about how everyone's shit. Um, and so I like to have this this segment in the podcast where I can give people mercy or no mercy based on their actions. Obviously, I don't know these people or corporations or whoever I'm talking about in real life so what i think doesn't really affect them but it's nice to know that i've got this space to kind of give mercy and no mercy and i like to give my guest co-host the chance to do the same so mike i'm going to ask you um i know you're on twitter probably about as much as me so have you been seeing the back and forth between uh m s and aldi about calling the caterpillar <laughs> yeah cake? it's fantastic <laughs> isn't it just great so for those of you who are listening who have no idea what I'm talking about, um, so M&S do this cake, um, which is called Colin the Caterpillar. Um, and it's a cake in the shape of a caterpillar and it has little eyes or whatever. And it's cute, right? Um, well, Aldi 
doing what they do best ripped it off and they have their own version which is Cuthbert instead of Colin um and actually several different supermarkets also have their own yeah. versions of this cake who did it first i don't know but it's seeming like mns are acting like they were the ones to do it first so whatever either way there are various versions of this same cake in many of our popular supermarkets here in the uk now it was revealed recently that mns is suing aldi um because their version of the cake is basically a complete rip off it's identical um, it's it's i mean it looks the same i appreciate <laughs> that type said, of balls like genuinely aldi said copy paste yeah. like it was the same um even the box so, even the box is pretty close like everything box, about it yeah <laughs> It is. It really is. And so when it was announced that M&S, um, you know, were, were suing, go ahead, going ahead with the, the civil litigation against Aldi, Aldi have basically just been trolling them yeah. on Twitter, which is so funny. So, so funny. Um, you know, they, oh, there was a really good one. What they say? It was like, because, you know, M&S are like, Oh, it's not their tagline. I should have been more prepared, actually. It's um, not food. It's M&S food or something. It's M&S food or something, yeah. And they did a version of that. Like, they, they said something like it's not... <sighs> Bollocks to it. I can't remember. But it, they've been trolling them, is is what I'm trying to say. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Mike. Mercy or no mercy for Aldi um, ripping off, <laughs> allegedly? I, 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 I'm all for Aldi doing whatever they want. Like, it's a cake at the end of the day. Mm. Stop getting your knickers in a twist. There's no need to be going, do you know what I'm going to do? Take you to court because you've got a cake what looks like my cake. Surely that everyone can go, ah, I sell Victoria sponges. You sell Victoria sponges, I'm going to sue you. Shut up. <laughs> like, LB seem to have perfected, like, the, we can do it so close that it's physically impossible for you to sue us. Yeah, and and I appreciate they did they, they've done it with Brewdog recently, uh, with the the IPA as well, and the can is literally identical. It's so funny. Yeah, corporations trying to sue another corporation because of money is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I, it's That's fair. I mean, I agree with all of your sentiments. <laughs> I, I would have to say no mercy. Uh, sorry, mercy as well for Aldi because, like you no said, no mercy for Max and Spencer's because they seem like proper Tories as well. They do give big Tory energy. Um, yeah. Aldi, listen, this is what they do. Aldi make replicas for cheap, and I think um stores like MS probably have detested aldi for a long time because aldi have shown the consumer that you can make the exact same bloody thing and buy it for a lot cheaper than if you went to an MS or a waitrose or sometimes even a tesco or an asda or morrison's like talking about um, people up waitrose and aldi what they, they use the same it was um mediterranean job roast veg yeah thing. so waitrose and aldi have that made in the same place and they sent a bunch of stuff to a waitrose what had aldi's stickers on the bottom of it with joe you know, the aldi prices oh yeah yeah and they had to, so it was like four quid difference or something stupid yeah 
because you're, pay, you're paying you're paying for the brand yeah. and that's all well and good i think consumers understand that now that you're paying for the brand which is what makes this whole lawsuit thing ridiculous even more ridiculous yeah. because it's like people know when they're going to mns to buy something they're buying it because it's mns sometimes very infrequently it could be that you know something tastes a little bit different because of how it's made by their um their yeah. distributor or whoever manufacturer um there could be something a recipe that's unique to them or or is is very hard otherwise to find so people know to go to mns for that some people go to mns because they prefer to shop at mns that's the most that's the most convenient one sorry for them or they just like the brand mns that's all fine that's why shops like that exist and that's why options exist but for them to then go and sue aldi over this cake it's just like do you what do you want us to do feel bad for you the fuck you're mns you'll be fine um and plus how many people are really going to mns to buy a caterpillar cake i mean it must be a lot they've made a really big deal of this cake they've made such a fuss it's mad unless we've got it wrong like and mns are really struggling and that's the only thing what's keeping them afloat is their special well i mean maybe but some people <laughs> have been saying that it could all just be a publicity thing because yeah. uh we talked about briefly aldi and and them trolling uh, online but mns have been giving it back too so aldi did the whole um hashtag uh free cuthbert which was <laughs> um but they've now so four days ago aldi um at aldi uk on twitter um tweeted morning and then added tesco sainsbury's asda morrison's waitrose and co-op and said cuthbert needs the help of curly clyde cecil charlie morris and wiggles so that's all the other versions of the same fucking thing right uh caterpillars clubbing together to raise money for charity not lawyers hashtag caterpillars for cancer up for it um and then just before that they had actually tweeted marks and spencers as well and said can colin and cuthbert be besties we're bringing back a limited edition cuthbert and want to donate <laughs> profits to cancer charities including your partners at macmillan cancer and ours at teenage cancer let's raise money for charity not lawyers which i absolutely love um but yeah mns have been mns have been giving it back uh they've said hey aldi we love a charity idea um brackets colin's been a big fundraiser for years we just want you to use your own character how about kevin the carrot cake that idea is on us and we promise we won't do a keith so it is very tory humor from mns there but they're giving it back a little bit um yeah, but it's, it's like when you see tories trying to meme yeah it doesn't work it doesn't like it, it falls short even when it had the potential yeah. to be funny you're like oh it's you know it's missing a bit there it but feels like love, the punching down That's yeah it, it does is. i think that is what it is what i love though is that asda responded to their initial one where um aldi quoted it or tweeted everybody yeah. and they said hey aldi clyde thinks this has legs so we're in hashtag caterpillars for cancer and um Aldi quote tweeted them and had a Power Ranger gif, which I just think, oh, and it's the green Power Ranger as well. So obviously Asda's very green. I just, yeah. it's great. And I hope that they, they all do, you know, um, get together and just have a great time with it because fuck MS for this, man. Take, they're taking themselves way yeah. too seriously. Um, That's yeah. what it is. They, they just come across like a head teacher. Like they, they... Yes. Super serious all the pissing time. Like uh, no one needs that in their life. 
Yeah, I, I definitely want mercy for Aldi, not just for the cake either. Mercy for Aldi on all of their um, yeah. alternative products because they're showing, again, like I said earlier, they're showing that these things can be affordable. They can be. They are often made in the same place using the same yeah. anyway. You're paying for a brand. Um, it's all well and good if you want to go out here and buy Gucci belts, but you should also be able to buy a Primark belt as well. So stick it. MS. Yeah. Um, but your jeans are still fire. So, you know, I'm going to still be shopping. Um, <laughs> uh, so, finally, thank you, Mike, for joining. I'm so, so glad that you could finally do an episode. And again, you know, our conversations always go one way, but still a great time. And it was really, really good having you here. Is there anything that you want to promote or let the listeners know about? Um, yeah, Red Line Picture. Um, we do a live every Friday, 8 to 8 30 ish. It'll start um, every two weeks. Me and yourself and a couple other people do the "What's Politicking You Off" um, podcast on Sarcasm City. Um, the mortality, my clothing stuff, mortality is down at the moment, but will be back up soon. If you want to go and buy some sweet, sweet merch and give me some bear money, that'd be meant. And I can I can vouch for the quality of the stuff. Um, I have a Boys in the Hood uh, hoodie from Mortality. I do have a couple of other bits as well, but I think that's the only clothing I have. Um, and I literally wear it so often. I'm sure my neighbours think I don't have other clothes. Um, I wear it all the time. It's super comfy and I love the graphic on it. So, yeah, I can vouch for Mortality. That's M-O-R-T-A-L-I-T-E-E. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and for me, pretty much the same stuff. So what's politicking you off? Every other Saturday at three o'clock, we go live on the Sarcasm City YouTube channel. So that's myself, Mike, Lambs, Bits and Bobs, and Nordine. Um, although Nordine is usually out at a protest. Uh, usually, uh, Constantly. Episodes. Yeah. Um, so yeah we rant about all things politics so if you like this discussion um, we definitely go into more in-depth uh, issues on that show every other Saturday um, also tune in at the end of every month to the Talk About It Network live special we usually do it every last Friday or Saturday of the month and that's a wrap up of the hottest news and viral stories on the interwebs also on the Sarcasm City YouTube channel uh, check out my Twitter at Linda Shapoopi to see what else I'm involved in and make sure you follow Pod of Mercy on Twitter and Instagram please rate the podcast on iTunes if you can and I will see you in two weeks bye Bye.